Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek for Thursday, August 13th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, and I will be joined in just a bit by Saints legend and voice of the Saints, Zach Streif. But first of all, I need to talk about the breaking news from earlier this week. The Saints announced on Wednesday that the first game of the season between the Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on September 13th will be played without fans. The Saints released a statement on NewOrleansSaints.com that you can read either online or, of course, on your Saints app. But I want to read a quote directly from President Dennis Lausha. Quote, Mrs. Benson has appointed an internal management team that oversees all elements of our business relative to our COVID-19 planning, protocols, and responses. Each morning, she is briefed on the latest programs and plans and on our daily communication with ASN Global, who is a company that works inside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Her overriding directive and priority is the health and safety of our fans, our employees, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome staff, and all of the coaches and players, end quote. So that was a quote from, Ms. For, from Dennis Lausha uh, about what Mrs. Benson and everyone is doing inside the Saints organization to ensure that the Saints can have fans at some point inside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. So the Saints are working with the CDC, Oshner, local authorities, ASM Global, and the NFL to try to determine if and how the Saints can have fans inside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. So the hope right now is to have virtual fans for the first game against the Bucks, and hopefully if numbers go down, the Saints will be able to have fans in the future. But with the trends in the state and the region, having fans just isn't feasible right now. So we need you all to do your part, wear a mask, social distance, and hopefully we'll see each other in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome soon. All right, let's go ahead and get into our interview with Saints legend Zach Streif. Zach, uh, what are your initial thoughts on having fans for, for not having fans for arguably one of the biggest games of the season between Breeze and Brady? Yeah, you know, obviously in a, in a place like the Superdome and with a fan base like we have, that's a huge loss. And, you know, the fans have always been so impactful and we've always really, um, you know, really demanded so much from our fans, um, you know, as, as it concerns, you know, their, their contribution to winning games. So to lose them completely is like losing a star player. And, um, you know, obviously the, the Buccaneers and the improvements they've made this off season, um, you know, make that game all the more difficult and all the more, you know, impactful really on our season. So uh, it's a tough deal, but clearly I think, you know, if, if you want to take any comfort out of it, you know, the Saints have done everything in their power to make it possible. And at the end of the day, you know, our, our community's, uh, you know, infection rate is just too high. And so, you know, I think all the leaders made the best decision they could. And after hearing about you know, the things that the Saints um, had, 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 you know, created and, and are ready to, uh, to apply to people going into the Superdome. I have hope that it's not going to be the entire season. And yeah. a lot of cities have already said, man, it's all season. It's already over. Um, so at least I, I'm, I'm holding on to hope that, you know, we'll get some fans in the Dome at some point. 
Yeah, I think the Saints and everyone are going to have to take it kind of on a week-to-week basis. Um, Zach, after seeing, I don't know how much NBA basketball you've been keeping up with, but after seeing what the NBA has been able to do, and obviously that's a different sport, different environment, and they are doing a bubble, but seeing as far as game presentation, what they've been able to do with crowd noise and making it seem as game-like as possible, do you have a little bit of a clearer picture of what, possibly Saints games might look like? You know, I hope so, because I I really applaud the NBA. I think they did a really good job, Um, you know, especially when you're considering, you know, they're kind of firing from the hip, right? Right. Um, You know, it's never been done. They've never seen it anywhere else. And obviously a lot of talented people involved in all of these professional sports leagues. Um, I think they did great. And I think there are some takeaways um, that I really hope um, the, the NFL looks at, you know, for me, and, and I actually talked about this on the radio this morning, the weirdest thing to me is the stadiums are so big in football. Yeah. And if you don't find a way to compress that stadium, I don't care how much noise you put in it or how many cardboard uh, cutouts you put in the stands, it's going to feel really awkward. And that's both from a, a visual perspective and from a playing perspective. Um, it's just going to feel weird. I think it'll negatively affect the product on the field. So, you know, hopefully the the thing I thought they did so well in the NBA was when you look at it, it just feels more important than a practice. Right. You know, and, and it is, it's a different environment and they did a really nice job. I thought in just creating an atmosphere where really there is none. And that'll be the big challenge um, in the NFL is, how do you present this in a way where it doesn't look like a Saturday morning JV scrimmage? And, and that'll be their big challenge. No offense to the JV team. No offense at all to the freshman A team, B team, or the JV. I want to make that perfectly right. clear. Um, Correct. Zach, yes. My first thought when I think of a stadium without fans is kind of the noise that happens between the players. So my immediate thought was the kind of, The only way I can describe it is a crunch between players uh, on the line, because that is ultimately the first the first sound that you hear when you're watching practice is the initial clash between offensive and defensive line. Um, I have no idea how you feel about crowd noise, but you mentioned a huge dome um, and and the sound. Do you think crowd noise is even going to make an impact on something like that? Um, Yes, I do. Um, I think that that crowd noise will have an impact. It certainly will have an impact on the environment that's created. And I think that's um, what's what's really important. But I also think, and this is, I don't know, I I keep wondering if this is a safe thing to talk about, but I'll throw it at you. Um, You know, there's another sound that occurs on a field that you don't hear during practice that you certainly hear on the field for games. And that is the we'll call it chatter uh, between <laughs> players. And you're going to hear all of that if there's not crowd noise, right. all of it, because they can't separate the sounds that they're getting from the pads hitting, which they have to have. And, and the sounds that are just guys talking. Yeah. And, and that's something I think it would, it would certainly, uh, it would, it would benefit the league to avoid hearing fans hear everything that's said on a field. Um, and, and I, and that's for the player's sake and the league's sake. Um, now 
it was suggested uh, by Bobby Abear yesterday when I was talking to him that uh, people would pay good money to hear that. And I agree. I just don't think it's good enough money for the league uh, to open up everything that's said on a football field. Right. I've, I've heard that with the NBA as well, of kind of like creating a YouTube link that people can go to if they don't have kids or they want to hear, you know, all the trash talk that goes on between fans. But what you've seen in the NBA is almost, I, I know they've talked about like a 10 second delay, but it does kind of sound a little bit awkward because you're watching a game and for maybe five to 10 seconds, which seems like forever when you're doing a broadcast, there's just no sound at all. And it's very clear that the NBA is trying to block out that trash talking that is coming through those, that feed of, you know, the natural sound that's happening on the court. Uh, so I'm yeah. very interested to see how they do that. Now you've experienced crowd noise before in the, uh, in the, the indoor facility um, when, you know, Coach Payton puts in that, feeds in that crowd noise. Do you like it? Does it affect you? Yeah, the crowd noise, listen, in, in, in the environment we use in practice, honestly, that, that crowd noise speaker is louder than probably every stadium we play in. Maybe Seattle gets to that level. Um, and, and obviously, I don't know what it's like to be on offense in the Superdome, but um, that, that speaker is impactful. If they were using something like that in games, it will certainly simulate all of the noise that you deal with in a stadium because it's so direct, right? You know, it's, it's a, it's a directed sound right on top of you. Um, obviously you can make speakers substantially louder than people can yell. So if, if they decide to use crowd noise and, and I, and I think we, we got confirmation from Dennis Lausha last night uh, on the radio that they are going to allow that the real question is how do they monitor it? How do they um, control it? Because is this going to turn into a competition of who was willing to spend more money on their stereo system? Uh, because I'm telling you right now, there are speakers in the world that can easily damage your, your, your hearing, yeah. right? And so how much are they going to allow? How are they going to control it? And then on top of that, how organic can you really make it sound? Yeah. Um, yeah. An NBA court uh, and, and the, the cheering that's involved on that court is a lot less impactful to the game. And quite honestly, there's a lot of different versions of noise, mm -hmm. uh, more so in football because of the crowd's participation in the actual game. So it's not just that the crowd is loud, you know, after a play happens or, you know, in, in, in reaction to what's happened on the field. There's crowd noise in huddles. There's crowd noise up to the line of scrimmage. There's, you know, there's all these different types. And you wonder how many different quote unquote fan tracks are going to be available that the, the actual mechanics of them doing that, I think will be really fascinating because I'm a bit of a electronics nerd. Um, but I'll be really fascinated to see, like, there's going to be a guy up there who's like, he's DJ crowd noise. And that I think will be fascinating. <laughs> Listen, Zach, I think we just need to give every player a set of wireless headphones to wear inside of their helmet. And so if you're on offense, you're getting just tons of crowd noise pumped in. And if you're on defense, yeah. you get none. And the DJ is just going to have to control that. There you go. Hey, listen, <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm glad I'm not playing with it. I don't care what they do. But I know this, without crowd noise behind our broadcast, it's going to sound really goofy. So I really hope they do a good job of it. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, I, I want to know from two perspectives. So as a player, how important is it going to be for guys to self-start, self-motivate? Because you're not going to be able to feed off of that crowd energy. Yeah, it's going to be incredibly important. And I think it'll really highlight the leadership on some of these teams and, and, and almost put a, a premium on guys that have that ability to, to motivate, to rev their guys up. Yeah. Um, it's not easy because you go through a lot of emotions. You know, you, you players, players don't, a lot of guys have more anxiety than they even have excitement, right? Mm -hmm. There's, there's a lot of things at play there. There's guys fighting for jobs. They're worried about keeping their jobs. They're worried about feeding, you know, their families. And I don't like that cliche um, because you're making enough money probably to feed your families if you get a couple checks, but you know, it's, it's, there's a lot at stake and, and not every guy walks into a game with this mental capacity of just being revved up. Yeah. And so you're going to need guys constantly that are able to get people to that level. You can't rely on the coaches to do that. So it is going to put a premium on a guy like Demario Davis, who's a great motivator, who's who can who can captivate his teammates, you know, in, in, a, in a moment. Um, and, and those guys who are real emotional leaders of your team, um, I think it, it will it, it will have a big impact and uh you know, I think quite honestly, that's going to be easier to find on defenses than offenses. So you are going to have to find a way to get guys, um, I think, to that place mentally where they can play at the top of their game. Um, but fortunately, I think the Saints have enough leadership in their building to find those pieces that can do that. Zach, how important has it been for you to have some experience under your belt? Because I can imagine it's going to be pretty odd to be calling a game with no fans and to self-start yourself. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll tell you, who would have ever thought that in my third season, I would quickly become the most uh, experienced play-by-play bro uh, -play broadcaster in the NFL, because <laughs> right. I spent an entire offseason watching games on a monitor and calling them. So wow. I've actually done it before, um, and, and there are certain things that you learn uh, in doing that, that that help you a little bit. Um, but, you know, listen, we're I think being in the Dome – uh, being there and getting to see it and being with Deuce, well, all those things will help. Um, and and it, at the same time, it is a challenge, right? I mean, you feed off the crowd. You know, there's a, a, a belief with, with almost universally that in the biggest moments, you say the less, the, the least, right? You mm -hmm. let that moment be the broadcast and you let people feel it and be a part of it, um, even over the airwaves on the radio. And I don't know how easy it will be to make those moments happen. You know, even with crowd noise, people are going to know it's not real crowd noise. So can you refer to the crowd on a broadcast, right? How many times am I going to catch myself saying the crowd is getting into this, right? <laughs> I mean, you, you're going to, you're, 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 you create these habits and, and, you know, you're going to have to break them quickly as a broadcaster um, to account for all the new changes but you know it'll be a feeling out process of you know do we still let the crowd noise and the environment you know be be the broadcast in those big moments or do we have to paint a different picture and uh, I, I think a lot of that's going to be you know we're going to have to figure that out as we go just like everybody else in every other job in the right. NFL is doing right now you just got to feel it out and figure it out on the run. 
Yeah, we're all figuring it out together. Uh, Zach, last question before I let you go. I don't know if you've had any uh, conversations with any players or if you can give us any insight, but um, I can imagine there's some uncertainty. There's un some, uh, there's some uncomfortable situations happening because players are kind of creating this own their own bubble environment inside the hotel, right? So can you tell me if there's any frustration? Are guys kind of used to it now? Um, just the routine of going to practice, doing things, and then going back to their hotel? Or is this just a typical training camp? Yeah, it's easy during camp, right? I mean, th that's, that's normal, right? We, we lived – if anything, the Saints, uh, you know, I, you, things always get better when you leave. That's, you know, any good program. It gets better after you go. You know, they're staying in a really nice hotel downtown, nicer than, you know, what we stayed in when I was in camp. Uh, and you were always quarantined, right? I mean – I was 32 years old and, and uh, you know, people are knocking on my door to make sure I'm in bed. So, you know, that, that environment has always existed in training camp. Um, and so I think right now for those guys, the thing that's probably a little frustrating and weird is they probably want to start practicing. Yeah. You know, they, they probably, as much as they know and the players negotiated to have this long ramp up period, you can't help but want to actually play. And so, you know, that's right around the corner for them now. But I'm sure, you know, that that period has been weird. Emmanuel Sanders yesterday, uh, when we had a chance to talk to him, said, you know, I was in New Orleans for a week and a half before I met a teammate. Wow. So I'm like, in my brain, I'm going to camp and I'm at the facility, but I don't even get to talk to anybody. Those are the things I think that have been weird and have been adjustments. And, and I don't know how long it will take guys to adjust to that you know, or if they ever truly adjust to that, or if you're just, man, we got to get through it. When we get to the regular season, I think that's really where you start going, man, this is, this is a little bit odd um, in, in the fact that we still have all these rules, but you are going home and yet you're being told you, you shouldn't be doing anything but driving home. Yeah. Right. That's something that you're not used to. So when life really starts uh, becoming normal again, after camp is over, I think is when, these guys will really start feeling that pressure um, and, and some of that claustrophobia of, you know, balancing living your life and also doing the right things for your entire organization, because it's going to take one guy doing something selfish, you know, or even just living. It might not be any, anything wrong. It's just, right. you know, that's, that's the nature of it. And there's going to be a lot of pressure on that, I think, and a, and a stigma of, you know, who's going to be the one that tests positive and, what were you doing and where were you? And, you know, it, th that's going to be a lot of pressure um, on those guys, just like it is for all of us in, in our own lives with our own families. Yeah, I, I think pressure is a, a great thing because you are very correct. And there's a lot of accountability in guys, you know, not going out and being safe. But we all know that this is unpredictable and you can get it by just filling up your gas tank. So yep. um, I, I think it, it does – um, make things a little better that everyone is going through the same thing. It is not just the New Orleans Saints that are having to create a bubble. It's not just the Saints who are having to just drive home to the hotel. Everyone is going through the same thing. Um, yeah, you know, you know, Caroline, when you think about it, what it really takes is a really super long, it's a prolonged period of focus. Yeah. And that's really hard. And it's it's hard for anybody but it's especially hard for a 22 or 23 year old that grew up 
knowing that they had to get all their thoughts down in 160 characters or less, <laughs> right? Or that the video could only be 30 seconds. Like we have essentially gotten to a point where, you know, our attention spans are not as good as they once were because everything is so fast and immediate now. And, and yet what this requires of you is to be focused all the time. You say, yeah, you can get it at a gas station. A hundred percent, you can get it at a gas station. And so, you know, are you saying, okay, I got what I need in my car, right? I'm ready. I got a glove for the gas pump. I got my hand sanitizer. I'm going to go out. I'm only going to use the one hand on the gas pump. I'm going to use it for the card. I'm going to wipe my card off. I'm going to get back in the car. I'm going to take the glove off the right way. And I'm going to sanitize my hands. That is quote unquote, doing everything right. Right. And you may be able to do it once, but can you do it 87 straight times in a row without becoming complacent? And that is really hard to do. And I think that will eventually really wear on, on the players, just like it does all of us day to day. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Zach. Well, battle of the focus, I guess it is. Zach, we appreciate right. your time. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show and uh, good luck. Hopefully we'll see you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Hope to get in quick. All right, that was Saints legend and voice of the Saints, Zach Shreve. Thanks to him for coming on the show today. As I mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast, the release of the that the Saints released um, on the Saints not allowing fans in for that first game is available on NewOrleansaints.com or the Saints app. So be sure to go check it out. Uh, a lot of information on everything that the Saints are doing in order to ensure that the Saints can have fans in the future, just not for that first Saints game. All right, thanks to everyone for listening to this show, and we'll touch back in next week.